guys, before we start the show, we have an exciting announcement that we need to make sure you're aware of. Yes. Uh, I wrote a show that is called Blackwood, and it is out now mm-hmm. uh, through Skylark from the makers of Hunt a Killer and Empty Faces subscription boxes. Uh, Blackwood is a six-episode series. It's all about three kids trying to track down the Blackwood bug man mm-hmm. uh, and finding out that he may be responsible for several deaths in town. That's right. It is so good. It's about a half hour-ish each episode, and the first two episodes are available on the Blackwood feeds everywhere everywhere right now. Yeah. And so you're going to love it. Go check it out. You can get it on skylarkmedia.com. You can also view a ton of bonus materials because the team over at Hunt a Killer uh, made amazing images, articles, uh, they really pulled out all the stops. I cannot recommend going and looking at the bonus material enough. Listening to the show is really awesome, but like, if you're the kind of person who stays after the credits of movies, or you like looking it up to see if there's something extra that's going to happen after the credits, even just like a little silly something, then you are going to want to go check out the extra material about Blackwood because it just kind of like sheds a little light on what you have listened to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Blackwood episodes one and two right now, skylarkmedia.com. Uh, review, tell people. Yes, tell people, tell people, tell people. And now enjoy the show. Mm hmm. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. That October breeze is blowing through the air, sending us chills. <laughs> Sending a chill up our spines and tying my tongue. That is absolutely true. It well, is like very cold outside, but in a pretty appealing way. It's less cold today than yesterday. I feel like it was like uncomfortably cold, yeah. maybe a couple of days. And today it's very nice out. It's nice. Allie and I, we've got our carved pumpkins just outside the front yep. door. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is, it's funny. This, as we're recording this, it is October 23rd. Happy anniversary. Mm-hmm. Happy anniversary. And, uh, I'm finally in the Halloween spirit. Yeah. And yeah. there's only eight more days until it's over. Well, it's only, fe- we've talked about it. It's only felt folly and Halloween y very recently. I know, but all the Halloween stuff is in stores so early. I, I know. want to be in that mood as early as possible, but I seem to only really get there about a week before kickoff. I'm in kind of the same mood I'm always in still. Yeah. I wouldn't even necessarily say I'm in the Halloween mood. I'm in the same brand. I'm at the same level of Halloween mood that I kind of always am. I think. Really? Well, you know, I've been watching. I've deliberately been watching more scary movies lately. Like I made a list and checked it twice. <laughs> I watched Paranormal Activity last night. Right. Um. Yeah. So I guess I'm a little more Halloweeny. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm still doing the same stuff I always do. Right. There's just a vibe that I get. Yeah. That's that's really it. Yeah. An, I an also tangible. A thinning of the veil. Mm, have you noticed lately? It's thin. God, it's thin. It's like a wafer. It's taffeta out here. Huh. Ridiculous. Uh, all right. Well, we have prepared topics exploring the world of horror. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to share them with each other right now. That's right. And uh, Kristen, I mm-hmm. believe you are going to go first. Why not? Want to hear about that thin little veil? Oh, do I? So, Will, I can't even say to you, like, What do you think you... Well, I guess I kind of can. What do you think you know about the origins of the holiday Halloween? All right. So here's what I know. And don't peek at my notes. I saw you look. I saw one word. Yeah. I'll leave it to you because there are (laughs) weird pronunciations and I'm not sure I have... Oh, I only know the one. Oh, really? There are multiple? I don't know. This is going to be a tough read for me. There are lots of crazy words in it. Anyway, go ahead. Wait. So uh, I uh, was a very theatrical boy. (laughs) Would you agree? (laughs) To say the least. Mm. Uh, When I uh, first uh, became... (laughs) 
by which I mean like when I realized that like I wanted to perform it, uh-huh. when I realized that like I wanted to do when you became when I became when I realized that I wanted to like do comedy or, uh-huh. or I don't know whatever uh, it was in an uh, a, an English class mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I really got along well with the teacher and for some reason I got it in my head all I want to do is teach a class and so he allowed me to uh, teach a class on the origin of Halloween. Oh. I was supposed to stand in front of the room and I was just going to give the origin of Halloween. It was not an assignment. It was just something I wanted to do. And in retrospect, I think it's just because I wanted to stand in front of people and talk. Yeah. Uh, and it, Probably. it gave me such anxiety. Uh-huh. I, this means I was like 16 or 17, by the way. This is high school. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I discovered that I like this stuff late. Yeah. And I almost cried. Yeah. I think maybe I did cry. From like public speaking, I was so nervous. Uh I had done so much research about Halloween, and I am not kidding you. I don't remember any of it because I I buried it because I was so nervous. Aw. So the answer is not a lot. The answer is nothing. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Big fat 17 year old crying in front of my classmates trying to tell them about Halloween. You for sure did not cry in front of them telling them about Halloween. I'm not sure you're right. I think really? I have, I think I may have gotten really stressed out and been like But then it, like you probably on. just looked like you were just tearing or something, Maybe. right? I mean, it's not like I don't think you stood up there and you were like while I blubbered and <laughs> no, you're like ball. the origins of Halloween. <laughs> I think I had that quality in your voice where you're nervous and you're yeah. like um, oh so, God, I um, know exactly. So anyway, that. Um, then uh, what they did was the settlers. Like I think I had that nerve. Oh, even thinking about that makes me feel emotional. I don't think I've yeah. had it since that day because I think I've protected myself more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that uh, that yeah. at least is my origin. <laughs> you tell me about Halloween. I will. But I very quickly want to share a story about me crying in front of a crowd of people. That's like somewhat similar. Yeah. Um, when I was in fifth grade, we had a variety. Or no, excuse, no. When I was in kindergarten, we had fifth grade too. But I was like five, so we had a variety show, and I had a solo in it. And it was this old song called "I'm a Lonely Little Petunia in a Pumpkin" or no, in a onion in patch. an onion patch. And so I was dressed like a flower, a petunia, and then there were these two guys dressed like onions who were on the floor next to me who would like roll around. It's kind of a wobble. Yeah. So it's like funny and cute. And I'd been practicing it. And I guess, you know, my music teacher, Noella Bushbaum, who went on to teach me piano for many years, yeah. um, didn't really, she prepped me more on the voice part, not on that this is like a kind of funny comedy thing. So I went up there and it was like, you know, an auditorium or whatever, like it wasn't huge, but I went up there I started singing the song and the lyrics were like, I'm a lonely little petunia in an onion patch and all I do is cry all day. And people started laughing in the audience because it was cute. And it's one of those weird, like, I actually remember it, not just anecdotal. I started crying because I thought they were laughing at me. But the crazier part to me is I didn't stop at all. The show must go on. So I was just singing and crying. Yeah, that is showmanship. I know. That's dedication. At its finest. Yeah, good job. So, so well, I can relate. Very similar stories. You when you were five. Uh-huh. Me when I was 17. <laughs> Correct. Crying peers. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so Halloween, William, or Samhain. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samhain. Yeah. It's, it's spelled Sam Hain. Yes. Samhain is I only found out that it's pronounced Samhain like, I don't know, a year ago. I think I said Sam Hain to you for some reason. I don't remember what. And you said something about Samhain. And oh, I was like, wait, what? Funny. And it rang a bell that I had heard that it was called that. But I could have gone on. I could have showed up today and called it Sam Hain if you hadn't corrected me however weird, when huh? that was. So the deal is we got this article sent to us from our mom um, because she follows Irish Central on Facebook, which seems to be an amazing 
hub for paranormal news. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because it's October or because the Irish people are morose, but she sends us awesome articles from Irish Central all the time. It is true. Uh, <laughs> our mom has awesome like horror sources. <laughs> yeah. Our mom actually has an awesome Facebook. Like yeah. mom's Facebook page is rad. It's kind of badass. Whenever she posts <laughs> stuff, like she posted a really sweet, nice thing today about the anniversary is uh, lyrics from like Harvest Moon by Neil Young. Yeah. She posted a thing of um, Jim Henson like dressed as Big Bird, like just in the legs, which yeah. was really cool. What the hell is she? I don't know. Mom's, mom's Facebook is lit. Popping off. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so she sent us this and we just thought it was really cool. So I had no idea that this is where Halloween came from. So the deal with Samhain is that it was the name for the full moon that happened between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice oh. in Ireland. And this is a long time ago, like centuries and centuries and centuries, like a couple years after what I'm about to tell you, there's like a change with the calendar and that's only 432 AD. So this is like real old stuff. I couldn't find an exact date for kind of the evolution of like the first Samhain's and everything. But the fact that 432 AD is when some stuff changed and that Samhain been going on forever before that gives yeah. you an idea of how old it is. So, um, Basically, the autumn equinox means that the equator is passed by the center of the sun, and then the winter solstice is when the Earth is farthest away from the sun. So that's like the longest night of the year with the least amount of daylight. And the moon that's in between those is something that they kind of celebrated in a way. So the deal is that it was a kind of a creepy time because they were getting ready for winter. They weren't quite at that like darkest night point yet, but they knew that it was coming. So the days are getting shorter. Um, and that just gives everything a little bit of like a down creepy yeah. vibe. We're starting to wind down a little bit. That's true today. I mean, oh, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know if you've been feeling it more lately, but like the thinning of the veil. Absolutely. But, anyway. but like I will, I'll be like, it feels like it's like two in the morning oh, yeah. and I'll look outside and it's dark and I'll look at my watch and it's six o'clock. <laughs> the sun goes down at like six already. I'm just like, what is happening? How did this sneak up on me? I know. I feel the same way. It's really crazy. Um, so they would feel that coming and then kind of do something to kind of like celebrate or lighten it up, I guess, in a way. I'll get to it at the end, but I find the origins of Halloween and Samhain and the Feast of the Dead that they have this really weird and interesting combo of celebratory, but also really grim. Mm. Um, so I'll get into it a little bit more. So the days are getting shorter, obviously, and they're getting ready for the winter when it's going to be frozen. So they are slaughtering and salting the cattle to feed people through the winter. That's what they did back then. Um, and the crops are dying. And so they're starting to like cut away the crops to preserve whatever they can for the winter. And partially the reason that they gather and store all the crops is to protect them from um, being ruined over the winter by a puka. A puka? Yeah. You know, a nocturnal hobgoblin who delights in tormenting mortals. They're afraid that they might destroy the fields to bring in a season of famine. Of course. Right. That's the same reason that I have like a refrigerator, I guess. Like that's a place for all my food. Yeah, I gotta keep away so from the puka. puka. can't come in. Some, I can't tell you how many nights I wake up hearing a puka rummaging about mm -hmm. in my stores. Yes, no, that's <laughs> definitely a puka. It's not me coming from a couple streets over. To... If I heard a sound and came downstairs and you had walked from two blocks away. It was just my big butt like lit by the backlit by the light of the refrigerator. And then like, <laughs> like you're rummaging holding, like cartoon like in movies and stuff when people are grabbing stuff out of a fridge it's always like a dozen eggs. Yeah. You know a dozen eggs a, a gallon of milk and some veggies. It's like what? I don't know. That'd be and so I'd be, weird. I'd be like what? I was hungry. 
like all indignant. Like, what's your problem? I guess I'd have no choice to but to get over that and move on. But I, but I mean, you would have to. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm your sister. You can't. I'm not kicking you out of my life. <laughs> yeah. But I, it'll will be weird when I go back up and I'm like, it was it, it was, was Kristen. <laughs> she made herself an omelet and left. <laughs> she said she got hungry. I do love breakfast for dinner, so you have my my number. Well, if your dog Crumbs was capable of opening doors, oh without a damn doubt that would be happening. Crumbs is ravenous. He is insane. Yeah. Insatiable. As is the puka. Um, <laughs> so, so they can be bringers of either good or bad fortune. I didn't really find, not that I looked into them super hardcore, but I did investigate them more than this than this anecdote. Um, didn't find a whole lot of instances of people talking about the good fortune of the puka, but they said that they could be bringers of good or bad fortune and that they could either help or hinder marine communities and rural communities. Thank you, Wikipedia. Marine and rural. Yeah. Is that weird? <laughs> um, so there are a lot of like mythical things in this story of Halloween that I had never heard of before. And the explanations for them, like when I left irishcentral.com, God forbid, and had to do outside research, the research is so dry and weird and boring, oh, yeah. like similar to Puka's tormenting rural or marine communities. There's something later where I like couldn't even focus on what the thing was, even <laughs> though it's sweet, because it was just like going into geography and like, it was really weird. Yeah. Um, okay, so their storehouses are full. They're set to go for the winter. The Celts are ready to party. So they celebrate the three-day period of the full moon before before facing the unknown of winter. Cool. And during this time, they would have bonfires um, to ward off evil and tell stories, and they called that the Feast of the Dead. So that kind of event, we like, I could maybe not be understanding something right. I can't imagine, but I could not be. <laughs> People talk about Samhain being, I guess they're kind of both, being Halloween. It yeah. seems more like the Feast of the Dead is what kicks off the idea of Halloween, like the party around it. Samhain is just the name of like the moon time. Well, but maybe that is like... If it's the name of the moon time, it's then Samhain is the name of this period of events. Yeah, and then the Feast of the Dead is what you do within it. So yeah. I guess like it's Halloween, and within that you trick or treat. Right. I guess it's so kind of like that. Samhain is the umbrella. Yeah, Everyone yeah. Falls under Samhain. Yeah, it's basically that. You're right. Um, so yeah, so they would uh, have bonfires that are warding off evil and telling these stories. They call it the Feast of the Dead. So here's a popular story that I thought sounded sweet, then researched it, my eyes crossed, and I figured it out. Cool. <laughs> so a popular story was about how the Gales, so the Irish people, Gaelic people, and the, get ready, Tuatha de Danon, I oh, think. I love Nan. <laughs> Me too. It's kind of like Danon. <laughs> so the Tuatha de Yogurt? It's like yogurt? Danon. No. The brand Dannon. It's like Danon. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you have any more Ooh. of those uh, little Danons? They were yummy. William, it's like our subjects are in a fight. I don't want to spoil yours yet, but somebody who's part of your subject is kind of loyal to Activia that I don't know is under the Danon umbrella. Oh my goodness, you're right. Uh -oh. Yikes. Brand war. Tread lightly, Kristen. <laughs> um, so the Tuatha de Danon were the people okay this sounds boring were the people of the goddess danu who's and then i clicked on her thing to be like okay so what does that even mean her wikipedia basically says she was the mother goddess of the tuatha oh so it's like so, what right. and then there's another sentence that says like some sources also associate with her with the land and i was like all right let's yeah, get whatever let's, let's get on. to it yeah. but then the I, I went back to the tuatha and it got pretty sweet and this is me cobbling together a long paragraph. It's thank sweet, you. but within some crap. Well, thank you so, for doing it. <laughs> yeah. 
but this is hella sweet. So they live in the other world, which is the Celtic name for the realm of deities and dead. That's probably where they met Danu and are associated with ancient passage tombs, which are portals to the other world. Passage tombs. Yeah. Ancient passage tombs. And then later, just through the evolution of tales and stuff like that, it seems like they basically become fairies. And I think fairies, not necessarily as you might think of them off the bat, like teeny weeny, cutesy, pretty fairies. I don't mean that they're like badass, scary creatures, but I think fairies might have almost been like, again, an umbrella term for like um, supernatural, mystic creatures creatures and races and stuff. So there's this story about the Gaelic people um, fighting with the Tuatha de Danon back and forth, and they finally reached a compromise where the mortals would live above ground and the fairy folk agreed to live underground, Hmm. which is totally sweet. So, um, you know, during Samhain, when that veil's real thin, they acknowledge that thinning of the veil that you'd be able to kind of talk to other sides. So ghosts and just other realms, such as these fairy folk, a little bit more easily. Awesome. Um, they had the idea that while they were normally hidden or underground, that the fairies were believed to roam free during the three days of Samhain. And the mounds marking the entries to their dwelling places, which I guess now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's like marking those passage tombs. Um, those mounds that were in the earth glowed. You could see them during those three days, which I think is so sweet. That's cool. And it said that many mortals disappeared over those three days because they went to live with the fairies. Which, is that intentional or unintentional? What do you mean? Like if, 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 oh, oh, um, it, it seems... If Seamus doesn't come back... <laughs> He might be like, I think he went to live with the fairies. He may Unclear. have gotten sucked through a, uh, what is it called? Tombstone? Ancient tomb? passage tombs. Passage tombs. It seemed more like the mounds were glowing to be enticing to people who would decide to go live with the fairies was okay. the impression that I got. So you could seek it out deliberately. Yes. Okay, that's better. I think so. I don't know that for sure. I literally, that's kind of me yeah. paraphrasing, but said that these mounds glowed and then people would go missing. Um, but it, I think it said they disappeared to live with the fairies, which makes it sound intentional they want to, to me. to go there. Yeah, because yeah, I was more picturing like... Uh, uh, you know, the Tappy East Creek and the Blair Witch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pulling you in. Like, careful where you walk. Right. Around Samhain. Right. You don't want, you're not going to be like stepping on a mountain. It's like quicksand that drops you into the fairy <laughs> kingdom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I could be wrong, That's but cool. I don't think so. It's cool. It is cool. Um, so it said that people who were, or children that were born on that night, the night of the Feast of the Dead, would have second sight and be able to play with and see fairies. Irish culture is very fairy heavy. Um, they specifically talk about fairies a lot. They talk about ghosts and spirits sometimes. Yeah. But just like, those fairies are out there, man. Now, this is important that I mention this. Okay. Because I knew that I had been robbed, but I didn't know how badly. I was almost born By on fairies? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My birthday was very nearly Halloween. I know. It was a scheduled C-section, and uh, mom and dad's doctor asked if he could <laughs> go on vacation and deliver me a week early. And mom and dad were like... <laughs> No. (laughs) Got to live your life. So he was like, I can deliver him on Halloween. Uh, It'll be early, but whatever. And they were like, no, don't do that. And then I found out when I was like 13, I was like, what the hell, mom and dad? I could have been wearing Halloween that's metal. And now I didn't realize. Yeah, you would have had. I could have been talking to fairies all this time. And had second sight. Come on. Because you're a little Irish. I barely have one sight. (laughs) (laughs) Could have had a whole other one. We're Celts and Gales. We are. I'm very Irish. I want to talk to some fairies and stuff. (laughs) I bet we could cultivate it. 
All right, I'll practice. All right. So um, <laughs> the things that you think about with the thinning of the veil, like spirits are appearing to ordinary folk as well, not just the kids who have the second sight who can probably see them all the time. But during this period, pretty much anybody might um, have encounters with spirits. Ancestors are said to seek the warmth of a hearth and communion with the living. Okay. And in every window, candles were lit to light the way for lost souls. So I find this an interesting distinction with what I'll talk about later. Lighting the candles in the window seems to be a nice thing to usher the souls along, which will be in contrast with, with the way that candles are used later on in culture. Oh, really? Because that does sound very sweet. Yes. It gets less sweet. Okay. Um. So again... This happened a really, really long time ago. And then in 432 AD, St. Patrick brought Christianity, Christianity to Ireland. And this calendar shuffle started happening because on the Roman Catholic ch- or Roman Christian church, I don't know, on the Roman calendar, yeah. they already had something that was kind of like a day of the dead. And it was in May and it was fixed rather than based on the moon cycle, which is a distinction that I think is really cool. I really like that Samhain wasn't just about like, I mean, it's still sweet now, but it wasn't about October 31st. It was the fact that this moon, and I assume the position of the moon, it kind of has to play into all the exciting stuff that happens. And so the date of Samhain and, and Halloween traveled, yeah. like it just depended on what, when the moon was full which i think is sweet yeah that's cool. um so Although that's my least favorite kind of holiday where you're like we have to like remember i know yeah, it's like a pain thanksgiving you're like it's the yeah. third what is the third thursday and you're just like, i don't know yeah. whatever but i like for something like this where you're talking about like mystical elements and talking about like there because the whole thing is that like the um conditions are just right okay. at this time that the veil is thin that things are a little bit more mysterious so like you're kind of building the date off of the conditions. Now Uh, there's a fixed date that you just kind of are like, well, the conditions will probably be the same. So then you can get to be like, I believe it's coming. Yeah. And feel it coming. Right. And because it's based on something that actually moves and actually comes or changes, I guess you should say. You Um, sold me. Yeah. I like that better, but what are you going to do? So then over time, um, like a lot of time goes by, they, they still have this kind of conflict. Then, in the 14th century, the Celts were still doing it by the moon, but finally the church wore them down and said, like, all right, we need to set this on our calendar. So they made November 2nd All Souls Day, but then Halloween became a holiday and was de- and was titled All Hallows' Eve and put on the calendar as a vigil of preparation for All Souls Day. Huh. And then just kind of stole the thunder, basically. Yeah. Um, so the traditions with it evolved with time, as they do, obviously. Um, and it was still considered a celebration celebratory occasion when souls roamed free and in time to seek answers in the unknown but it gets like i feel like a little bit more scary we're a little bit more worried about souls and spirits than we were before so um turnips which are as big as pumpkins in ireland who knew isn't that insane that or maybe pumpkins are small there I've seen that's, more size variation in pumpkins than I have in turnips. That's what Irish IrishCentral.com said. Although, come to think of it, I haven't done a turnip check in a while. <laughs> I like turnips. Do you like turnips? I'm fine with them. Yeah. Um, so they were carved with fearsome faces and lit with candles. And this time, it's to scare away ghosts. It's not candles that are lighting the way. You're making a freaky face that's illuminated because you're trying to scare ghosts away. So our right? view has changed a little bit over time yeah. about like our welcoming of Halloween, basically like That's it's funny. fun and everything, but now they're less like, Oh yeah, let's help these spirits along. And they're like, Oh God, get the hell away yeah, from just me. Stay away from my house. Yeah. yeah. Um, and people wore masks and costumes to disguise themselves 
from creatures of the night and ghosts. They don't want them to know who they are. So they're traveling from house to house because it's still a celebration. They still want to get together. But like they don't want other like scary things to see who they are. I love that. Isn't that cool? I love that. Like you better disguise yourself. Yeah. Like you think of a costume. Yeah, or else your nice ancestor is going to see you. Yeah. Come on. Is that you, Timothy? Yeah. Don't look at me, old man. Yeah. Nope, I'm a bunny rabbit. Yeah. Just a big bunny rabbit. Um, <laughs> like, what the hell? What happened to, like, ancestors looking for a warm hearth to communion with their loved ones? Now we're all like, eh. You know what it is? We <laughs> dug our own grave. Because originally we'd be like, come on over, grandfather. You can follow the lights to get where you need to go. <laughs> yeah. And then we, one time, we made a turnip face, and grandfather was freaked out. And then the next <laughs> and time, he his ghost sauce, he was like, you scared me, <laughs> and, and I didn't like it. I better put on a fake mustache when yeah. I leave the house because grandfather's going to see me. <gasps> Graham's pissed. I do love the idea of when you think of a costume mm-hmm. as a disguise. Yeah, same concept, but very different meanings to me. Oh, totally. Wearing a costume is fun. Mm-hmm. Wearing a disguise. Yeah, there's something nefarious going on, whether it's you or you're hiding from somebody else. Can you imagine if every year there were commercials about like? getting your Halloween disguise put together. Oh, my God. How great the world would be. That freaks me out just yeah. thinking about and it. And if they were like, if, if commercials weren't so much like, come down to Party City, we got bloody cash. If they were more like, there are only five days left. Does yeah. everyone have their disguises? Are you ready? <laughs> great. Like a kind of a, do you know where your children are sort of vibe. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's a fun what if. Yeah. An Elseworlds that's story really about like our world. The purgy. I feel oh, like we all have damn. to like hide from each other. Damn. And also they do wear those gross masks. Damn. Right? You're right. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry to drop this anecdote in, guys. I apologize to everybody because I can't back it up with fact. I looked it up. I found one honey of a boring Wikipedia page and decided not to pursue, pursue it further. I felt that it would only dull the funness of telling you this. Can't wait. Okay? Yep. So here's how trick-or-treating seems to have come into creation. Mm. Kids went house to house chanting for food for the poor. So number one, my question before I even finish it is, are they lying? (laughs) I'll finish it. Hang on. Kids went house to house chanting for food for the poor in the name of Finn McKill, a tricky descendant of the Tuatha de Danan. And Kristen falls asleep. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. to. I do feel like Halloween's rad. The topic of Halloween is a little bit of heavy lifting. It's a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, thank you for sifting through all this stuff to bring us the good things. No problem. Just trust me. The story of Finn MacCule isn't interesting. Okay. <laughs> so just enjoy the anecdote that children were going house to house chanting for food in his name. That is just food. Also, like not candy. Nothing. Just like you'd take a, yeah. a, a beet they and take a potato. They made things called soul cakes, which is awesome. That's cool. And they would give that to kids. Um, I almost made soul cakes before coming over. Well, almost made them. I thought about making them and bringing them over here. I considered but number, it and didn't. Number one, I don't really like cooking. Number two, they sound boring. It was The ingredients were like oats, water, baking soda, or something. And it was like, grind up the oats, mix all these things together, then roll that in whole oats, bake it, and slice it. And I was like, no thanks. Ooh, can I have oats with oats sprinkled on top, please? (laughs) (laughs) Also, a traditional food, which you and I have had a bunch, um, that was served in more modern, but also still like old as hell times, is colcannon, which I think is really funny because it looks like the most boring thing ever, but it's good. Our mom makes it. It's basically mashed potatoes mixed up with cabbage. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But then sure, you sure. put butter on it, and it's really good. I was just thinking, I thought you were talking about my favorite uh, Macaulay Cole Cannon movie. <laughs> and which one is that? Party oh. Monster? Party Monster. Yeah. 
They're dressed up for Halloween. In Halloween it. party monsters. <laughs> yeah. So, Will, that's the basic story. But again, I just want to kind of sum up. I think it's very interesting um, that it seems like there has always been a real push-pull between fear and celebration of at least the origins of Halloween and Samhain and the Feast of the Dead and everything. So, like, we want to celebrate the dead. It's a party and everything. There's a bonfire. There's food. But also the bonfire is to ward off evil and stuff like that. So it seems like some of that is just... You know, like the celebration part is just uh, is just love of it, like love of those people and the dead and everything. But is some of it maybe just like a fake it till you make it reaction to fear, like the positive aspects of it? It's just like okay, we are so freaked out. Let's let's celebrate. Let let's celebrate. It's almost like distracting ourselves from the idea that it's so scary. Winter is coming. Everything's dying. It's super dark. The veil is thin, which means that good guys and bad guys could be coming yeah. through. So let's uh, it's let's celebrate. It's cool. Um, or, which I find interesting, I wonder if it's partially that kind of intrinsic thing in us that enjoys fear that makes us like horror today. Like, we kind yeah. of like being scared. So I wonder if it's actually truly both parts. Like, not all the way fake it till you make it think. We're genuinely scared, but also, like, if you're scared... It's usually that it's something that is unknown to you and that's mysterious. And like, I love the unknown and mysterious. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's probably why I like scary things and like spiritual weird things and mystical things. And so I wonder if there's like a little seed of that that's even all the way back then. Like the same, like, and something I find so interesting that I've used in my own life, like with anxiety and stuff is that like some of the same biological things that happen in your body when you're scared or anxious or whatever are the same things that happen in your body when you're excited like your pulse quickens your heart rate's elevated all that kind of stuff so i think sometimes those single signals get mixed a little bit and you can you can do that like to help yourself on purpose like there's this book called um shit what's it oh excuse me what's it called the the five second rule okay not about dropping food will but it's just about like it's a self-helpy book. And she made this point, which I've used. I think it's so interesting. And I think it plays into this a little bit, but I am also going off on a tangent a little. So like if you're feeling super anxious and you're feeling all those signs of anxiety, like you're you're kind of sweaty and you feel like your heart's racing and you're breathing fast and everything, like it makes you sound or not sound, you don't say it out loud, but it can make you feel crazy and it's definitely fake until you make it. But something about our brain wiring like makes this work. If you're feeling all those symptoms and you have the presence of mind or wherewithal in that moment to think to yourself, I'm excited. I'm just excited. I'm excited. Like I'm excited about this thing that's happening. I'm excited. Some sort of like weird train track in your mind switches a little bit and you can kind of trick yourself out of that anxiety because you're sort of telling yourself in your mind, I'm actually excited about this thing. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's like a cheat code. Yeah, it's a cheat code. It's exactly that. It's a cheat code for your brain. And I feel like that same train track between excitement and fear exists as well as like anxiety. Yeah. And that's kind of why we like it, but we're also freaked out. I think that's a solid theory. I, I think mm-hmm. that's because it's funny. Sometimes we treat uh, the modern era like it is especially unique. Yeah. Where it's like, why are people obsessed with true crime now? And as we've learned on this show before, People yeah. kind of always have been. Everybody has some element of morbid curiosity, just to different extremes. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you're probably right. I think maybe there was an element of baby stepping a mm-hmm. little bit where we, we start by honoring the dead and then we scare each other with stories around that campfire that yeah. you talked about until then we're reveling in it. Mm-hmm. We're just really enjoying the frightening aspect. It's exciting. And it's you exciting. find that like enjoyable. Exciting. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I, yeah. Cool, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's Halloween and Samhain. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, well, uh, one of the things about Samhain, one of the things about Halloween is uh-huh. that it's said to be the one night uh, where evil 
can come out. And one night, on Halloween night, 1978, evil did just that. That's right. For I met this six-year-old child with this <laughs> blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. <laughs> the devil's eyes. And I realized what was living behind that boy's eyes was pure and simply evil. I'm talking, of course, about Michael Myers. That's right. You don't know what death is. It's <laughs> one of my favorite parts. Oh, uh, it's, it's one of the, <laughs> of, the parts. of the whole franchise. Yes. Oh, it's true. Okay. And he just runs away. Yeah. <laughs> Beginning of Halloween too. Yeah. Uh, that's right, everybody. I'm here to talk to you all about uh, the man that we're all celebrating for the last few weeks, Michael Myers. Yeah. So. Obviously, the new Halloween movie is in theaters. It's 40 years since the original movie. Yep. Uh, and it is lighting the world on fire, seemingly. It's had a gigantic box office. It made over $90 million, which is way more than uh, yeah. initially expected. And those estimates were already high. Right. Uh, so everybody's riding high on the shape mm -hmm. of evil. Uh, so I'm going to tell you a little bit. Uh, about Michael Myers, the character, because weirdly enough, even through all my research, there's not much about that guy. Yeah. But I can talk to you about like where he came from and uh, what he does, because yeah. uh, now with yet another retcon, uh -huh. there are a lot of almost alternate realities of what Michael Myers yes. does. Yes. Um, Indeed he do. Yeah. So uh, first of all, uh, Halloween, mm -hmm. the movie. Uh, was written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, directed by John Carpenter. Uh, and essentially, they were just offered to make a movie uh, about a, a, a guy killing a bunch of babysitters. Right. Uh, that was really the original idea for the movie. By the way, spoilers for every Halloween movie that ever existed. Are you going to spoil this newest one, do you think? Yes. Okay. I'm going to spoil the new Halloween movie, but I'm going to save that for the very, very end. Okay, cool. Like, maybe we'll even say our goodbyes to everybody. That might be a good idea. I think we should do that. Just to be on the safe side. Yep. I'm not going to go heavy into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, but just in case. Yeah, Chris I think and a good I have idea. both seen it. Uh, if we're going to talk about what Michael Myers is and what he does, we could have it all. Here yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, so they were originally uh, hired to make a movie that was originally called The Babysitter Murders. Mm -hmm. It was very simple. It was very straightforward. And then there came a suggestion to set it on Halloween night because it's a little creepier. And essentially, Halloween was born. Yeah. Uh, but the idea for Michael Myers, this uh, like tall, uh, lumbering, uh, confusing pit of despair, evil unknowable monster mm -hmm. came from a really sad place i think um john carpenter uh was in college and he went on a class trip to a mental institution in oh. kentucky uh he visited uh the most serious this is a quote from john carpenter the most serious mentally ill patients and among them was a young boy about 12 or 13 years old and the boy gave uh john carpenter quote a schizophrenic stare a real evil stare which John Carpenter found to be unsettling, creepy, and completely insane. Okay. Uh, without a doubt, you can you can point to the Halloween franchise and be like, "There's something uh, uh, kind of gross about demonizing people that are obviously yeah. suffering from a mental illness." It's a real peeve of yeah. mine. Oh yeah, yeah. Like some of the most iconic shots from that first movie mm -hmm. uh, that are even recreated in the new one that just yeah. came out last week are of uh, patients from a mental institution walking around outside in the dark in their, like, hospital gowns. And mm -hmm. it's, boy, it's real scary to have to see, yeah. uh, you know, people with disabilities. I think in the first one, like, 
you could remove a little bit of that awareness and think that it's just kind of scary to see people out walking at night like that. Like it's it's just kind of incongruous. Like you're seeing a bunch of people in the dark all dressed the same, walking the same way. You yeah. can obviously read more into it and then you think about it more and the implications are that it's supposed to be scary because they're mental patients. Right. But like there's a little bit, it's not as heavy on it in that, in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I think that like, you know, they're not really trying to demonize these people. They're, they're really, I think to some extent, trying to say that Michael Myers is not one of them. Mm -hmm. You're not fearing him mm -hmm. because he is mentally ill. You're fearing him because he's not actually human. Yes, yeah. Um, so the original idea for Halloween is that, effectively, you've got this person, Michael Myers. When he was six years old, he killed his sister. Uh, and then he was put away for 15 years. And on Halloween night, 1978, while being transferred to another facility, he manages to escape and he goes home. And he essentially just sees the night these, he came home. These teenager teenage girls walking around and methodically one by one kills them. Uh, all the while, his doctor, Doctor Sam Loomis, badass extraordinaire, is running around making ridiculous proclamations <laughs> about how Michael Michael Myers isn't even human. He's amazing. It's real wild. He's got some grandiose statements in this thing. Man of science, yeah. Sam Loomis doesn't think his patient is human. He's not human. It's crazy. Um, and so uh, the, the the name The Shape is given to Michael Myers. He's credited in most movies as The Shape. Yeah. He's not even credited as Michael Myers. It's almost as if there is some paranormal right. demon he's, he's that an is possessing entity. this body. Uh, it, yeah, to the point hollow. that it's not even a person. Yes. Uh, which I find to be the most appealing interpretation. Um, too. And it, it gets... And just also just leaving it ambiguous. Yes. Like, not even an interpretation where it's like, yes, this is a possessed being or whatever. Just that it's just like, we don't know the shape. Yes. And yeah. that's never acknowledged. I just, I don't know. Who knows? It. Yeah. So in the first movie, Jamie Lee Curtis playing Laurie Strode um, ends up thinking that she was attacked by the boogeyman. That Michael Myers himself... Uh, to to Sam Loomis, he's got the the darkest eyes, the devil's eyes. To the movie, he's the shape, and to Jamie Lee Curtis, he's the boogeyman. No matter what, he's a monster, mm -hmm. and he his humanity is separate from him. Um, and so he kills all of her friends. He does ridiculous stuff like put on a ghost costume with glasses over the top of it. So he's got a bit of a sense of humor. That right, <laughs> cheeky, witty Michael Myers. Um, <laughs> that part is so weird. It is very weird, but I like it. Oh, I love it. I like it. I freely acknowledge the weaknesses of that movie. Sure. Uh, there's but some it's ridiculous lines. Yeah. Uh, but I love it. But it's great. I love it. Um, I love it when he puts um, his sister's headstone in the bed. Yeah. It's just like so. Like, very theatrical. What are you doing? Ooh, yeah. Every, loves a tableau. Maybe, maybe he oh, loves a tableau. Maybe he learned that from Loomis. <laughs> They're both so. Maybe Loomis oh. was like, Michael, I hope you don't mind if I take my lunch during yeah. our next meeting here. And he's like arranging his PBJ. Yeah. And Michael's In just such a way. Mm, yeah. He really has a way with a sandwich, that Sam Loomis. Um, and then uh, obviously he attacks Jamie Lee Curtis. She manages to fend him off through crafting, yeah. essentially, which I love. She has a knitting needle, which she jabs into his neck. Um, then uh, she takes a coat hanger. He's attacking her in a closet, and she manages to rework it to poke him in the eye. Yeah. Uh, and then she stabs him in the tummy. And each time, he gets back up and keeps coming after her. So we're really reinforced this idea that Michael Myers 
is somehow more than human. Oh, yeah. In the first movie, I feel it's made abundantly clear that that dude is supernatural. And it's all capped off with Dr. Sam Loomis, pop, 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 shoots him six times in the chest. Mm -hmm. He falls out of a window, seemingly dead, but they turn their back, look once again out to where he should have fallen, and he is gone. Yeah. Leaving the movie, we hear his uh, breathing through his mask mm -hmm. as we see iconic shots from all the different settings of the film. He could be anywhere. Right. Perfect. Great. Perfect little ending. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they made a sequel. Sure did. <laughs> so just a few years later, Halloween 2 comes out. Uh, by the way, I should say that I'm going to be breaking everything down. It's vaguely confusing, but I have uh, chopped up this franchise into the following timelines. Uh, the simple timeline. Mm -hmm. Only pay attention to Halloween 1. Great. The the sequel timeline, Halloween one and two. Mm -hmm. uh, I like this breakdown. This is good. Yeah, I think I think it's decent. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. let's talk about the sequel okay. timeline now. Mm -hmm. uh, Halloween one, he's just stalking random people. Yeah. Halloween two picks up literally where Halloween one lets off. Uh, it's only been about five seconds since uh, Sam Loomis shot Michael Myers and Michael disappeared. Where did he go? Sam Loomis looks a little different. <laughs> yeah, he does. Looks a bit older. So does Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> What are you gonna do it is what it weird. is but it's just really funny yeah uh but michael myers just walked down the road he went into a lady's house and he got a new butcher's knife and he went back to work yeah meanwhile jamie lee curtis is loaded into an ambulance and taken away to the hospital where she essentially lies in bed for the rest of the movie as michael myers makes his way to the hospital killing more people he makes his way through the hospital now here's what's interesting we treat the new halloween movie that just came out last week uh as like, uh, oh, look, they're going to retcon everything. Mm -hmm. That's happened like once before in the franchise with Halloween H2O. Um, but no, I would argue that it happens right away with Halloween 2. Yeah. Because as they were shooting Halloween 2, they got a little bit of extra money to shoot new scenes for Halloween 1. Mm -hmm. So because of the existence of the first sequel, the original movie changes. Uh, there were different versions of Halloween 1 put out on TV with additional scenes, such as going to Michael Myers' former cell at the uh, sanitarium where the word sister is scrawled on the wall. Right. It wasn't there before because in Halloween 1, Michael Myers and Laurie Strode are not siblings. That's introduced in Halloween 2 mm -hmm. when Jamie Lee Curtis is lying in a hospital bed and seemingly has some sort of a yeah, she has like a flashback kind of bizarre. Yes. Uh, and she essentially realizes right. that Michael Myers is her brother. I mean, I guess you could I guess you could suppose at least in a movie way that she has suffered a trauma that maybe kicked her back to a memory of a past trauma. Like maybe something about remembering that her sister was killed and she was given to this family who like didn't want her to call them mom and stuff. Sure. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, you know. Yeah. I, I think I think the execution is weak. Yeah. But I mean, that's one of the most iconic things in any film franchise. Oh, totally. Uh, up until it was retconned in the new movie. Right. That Michael Myers was stalking his sister, yep. Laurie Strode. Everybody yeah. knew that to the yep. point that a lot of people watched that original movie. Looking at those two characters as siblings without even realizing mm -hmm. it's never once said, hinted at, or anything. Because right. it wasn't part of the original idea. Right. Uh, so meanwhile, Michael Myers is walking around this hospital uh, doing all sorts of stuff. <laughs> he he kills a lady in a scalding hot tub and it burns her skin off and his hands don't burn? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Well, you know, he's he's the shape. He's the shape. He can shoot him and he'll sit back up. You're right. Um, Dana Carvey is in it. I just want to throw that out there. What? Yeah, he doesn't play. He doesn't talk. He's basically when? an extra. 
You can see him. He's like clearly in a couple of shots. Why didn't we talk about this when we just watched it like last week? I thought you knew. I did not yeah. know that. Dana Carvey's first uh, feature. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it all ends with uh, uh, Donald Pleasance, mm-hmm. Sam Loomis, uh, finding out the secret because like his the nurse that he works with his assistant or whatever goes like, yeah, there's a there's a secret file about Michael Myers. I didn't even know. <laughs> You didn't even know. No one knew. He's, He's like, like, why was I given access to this? Yeah. Or whatever. It changes everything. Yeah. So he immediately goes to Laurie's Changes everything. He probably does save things. Changes everything. <laughs> um, and he goes to Laurie Strode, who's been running from Michael Myers, and he gives her a gun. <laughs> puts a gun at her feet. He's got two guns, I should say. <laughs> Sam Loomis has dual wielding pistols. He gives one to Laurie Strode, and she's too freaked out to pick it up. So he just kind of put, right put that right there. For and then you. he takes his own gun and points it at Michael Myers, and it's not loaded. <laughs> Which, by the way, I had noticed in Halloween one. I pointed out to Will. So this is a second problem. He shoots Michael Myers six times in Halloween one when he flies out the window, and then he hears a sound or something. And he turns on like, ah, like pointing a gun at a sound. And I was like, he's not going to get a lot of use out of that thing because no. he just emptied it. <laughs> totally empty. Yeah. Well, it is funny. Like they show Michael Myers fall out the window. He's like, which means he's Michael. Sam Loomis can't see him anymore. Right. And then it cuts to Sam Loomis. Click, click. Still trying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, he's not there. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he tries to shoot Michael Myers and his gun's not loaded. Man, you know, he's a doctor, not Clumsy. a, not a mercenary. Clumsy. <laughs> Michael Myers stabs him in the tummy with a scalpel. I know. I had no idea that. I was shocked. Yeah. I didn't remember that at all. And then uh, as Sam Loomis is like struggling, uh, uh, Laurie Strode finally picks up the gun he gave to her and pow, pow, yeah. shoots two bullets at Michael and they go into his <laughs> eyes. They go, <laughs> I'm not lying. They go, each it's one so perfectly crazy. goes into his eyeballs. Ping. Ping. Some lucky shots. And then red blood, like tears, are going down the mask. William, I had seen this movie before we watched it, like last uh, week or two weeks ago or whatever. I was awed by this sequence. I, I, I really couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. I did what I was not seeing. remember it. And I was just like, whoa. I should also point out it took me about 15 tries to watch Halloween 2. It took me so long yeah. uh, to finish watching this movie. Was, I think that's why I hadn't seen it in forever. I was and, like, all right, And got yet it. I have a memory of people talking about how it's as good as the original. I don't know. I, I don't remember hearing that before. Everybody has been wrong my whole life. Yeah. Sam Loomis turns on all these gas canisters in the room. Oh, my God. And it's a 20-minute scene. It's like a video game scene yeah. where Michael Myers is covering his face and slashing like a robot. It's like a joke. It's like a joke towards them and they'll open a thing and he can hear them opening the the gas canister. Yeah. And then they'll run under his arm and go to another one and be opening it and, and he'll slash his way over there. I'm not kidding. It seems to take about five or six hours yeah, it's for them to do this. really long. And then Sam Loomis goes, get out now. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis runs out of the room and Sam Loomis sparks up a match. Yeah. And explosion right killing sam loomis and killing michael myers the final shots of the movie we see i was very disappointed smoldering <laughs> on fire because famously john carpenter didn't want to make sequels right he didn't want to make more uh of the night he came home i can't imagine why not so he wrote for the sequel he is definitely dead yeah prompting the next parallel universe Halloween three season of the witch mm-hmm. 
where uh, it's it's I'm not going to get into the premise. It takes too long, but it's, it's about I actually haven't seen it. I've only listened to the How Did This Get Made episode about it. Yeah, um, it's insane sounding. It's crazy. Yeah, I just rewatched it recently. I enjoyed myself. Okay, I'm I mean I'm sure to enjoy myself. But it sounds yeah. nuts. Oh, it's nuts. It's about a, a mask making company that turns kids into uh, uh, kids heads into snakes and bugs. That's true. <laughs> there are robots in it, and Stonehenge uh, is a magical artifact that can m- make electricity happen uh, and there's a great. wizard and there's a wizard great Did I mention and then robots? yeah and then michael myers doesn't feature really prominently in that right he's not in it right okay. unless you count the fact that halloween one is playing Plug, on tv uh-huh. they'll be like turn that up that looks real nice yeah right, right right and then they have the score from halloween and they show michael myers going down the stairs because they're watching the movie so halloween is a movie so inside halloween three season of the witch yeah has nothing to do with anything except i will tell you a bonkers theory about it later okay great so now we go to our what would this be our fourth parallel universe mm-hmm. i'm going to call this the overkill timeline okay michael myers died at the end of halloween 2 right and his eyes were sh- <laughs> shot out of his skull <laughs> yes so by all accounts, even if he survived, he shouldn't be able to see. Yeah, he's not doing hot. And yet he does. So I'm considering this the next parallel universe. The sure. events of Halloween 1 happen, uh, and then some of the events of Halloween 2 happen, mm-hmm. but not all of them. He uh-huh. doesn't his eyes shot out. It doesn't die in the fire. Sam right. Sam even survived somehow. Right. And then we are introduced oh, to- Oh, he does? Yeah, he does. Is Donald Pleasanson? He's in Halloween 4, oh, The Return of Michael Myers. Okay. Which takes place about 10 years, I think, after the original. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has a daughter, uh, but Jamie Lee Curtis's character is dead. Okay. Laurie Strode has died in a car accident, and her daughter, Jamie Lloyd, oh, okay. who's a little kid, she's yeah. like a, a young girl, yeah. uh, is played by nightmares of her uncle, uh, Michael Myers. Sure. What a bum way to go out for Laurie Strode. I know. Off screen. Yeah. They show a photograph of her. All right. That's kind of disappointing. Agreed. Um, and so uh, it's actually a halfway decent movie. Uh-huh. It's almost like a remake of one. Um, like Sam Loomis comes back to town and uh, uh, Michael Myers has escaped from the sanitarium again. Yeah. Um, gets they, his iconic costume. They got to get a handle on this guy. They really should. <laughs> Although I will say one and two work because they literally happen back to back. Yes. So he didn't escape twice. True. He true. escaped once true. in the first two movies. That's fair, I think. <laughs> yeah. But so this is really the first time. Halloween 4 is really the first time where you're like, what, it just happened again? Yeah. Um, he, he blows out the electricity in Haddonfield so he has free reign of the place. One of the first things he does is kill every police officer. <laughs> So there's no one to stop him. I mean, it's smart. It is smart. As a strategy. It's pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it means that uh, uh, Sam Loomis, you and I saw Halloween in theaters. Right. The original. 78 in theaters a couple weeks ago. Yep. And we were talking about how Sam Loomis is like, no, don't tell the people in town. Don't tell the other cops that. because they'll see Michael Myers on every street corner. Yeah, he's like, it'll only scare them. Yeah. And 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 you guys called that out as being like a stupid thing. Yeah. And then in this Halloween 4, when all the cops are dead, a mob of angry rednecks pull up to the train station like, well, no one's going to be able to save us now, gosh dang it. And and Sam Loomis goes, Michael Myers has returned to Haddonfield. Get your guns. Stop him. Thereby yeah, we, doing what he said he didn't want to do in Halloween 1. Right, we don't want panic. And we see the consequences. That angry mob, uh, they think they see old Mikey Myers in a bush, uh-huh. so they pump him full of lead, and it turned out to be like old Nettie, Nettie, Nettie Bebo down the street or something like that. They kill, they kill like a nice man. That was good. Um, 
Yeah, but there weren't mobs of that sort going around Haddonfield on Halloween night in the original. But there would have been if you Sam Loomis had <laughs> warned you everybody that to there was warn, a murderer walking He just wanted around. to warn cops. The cop was like, oh, I'll put like an APB on Sam Loomis. was like, Don't. no, there'll be Sam on every corner. No, it's like, okay, so maybe that's fine. You better not do that because what if they find him? <laughs> yeah. That's basically what he said. It was so weird. Um, so yeah, in, in Halloween 4, he's able to see and he's not burned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All so, right. Well, you know, you just suspend. Whatever. Fine. Uh, the way that movie ends um, is that they uh, knock him down like a well. Uh-huh. Uh, that would seem hard to get out of. I mean, I guess if you can regenerate your eyeballs, I guess you could get out of a well. So uh, it inadvertently creates a really hilarious opening to Halloween 5. Uh-huh. Uh, the Revenge of Michael Myers. Okay. Where the opening moments are the end moments of 4 again. So once again, yeah. no resetting the stage. It just like literally picks up where the first one left off. Right. Uh, and uh, it shows Michael Myers <laughs> floating down a river <laughs> and he can't seem to get out. Oh my God, really? He's like struggling in this river trying to get to like a bank and he's like... Ugh. And he just is floating down the river. Like a, that sounds like a log. great. It's so inadvertently funny. And then he ends up washing on the shore where an old man has a shack. Get out of here. And he lives in there with a parrot. And so Michael Myers spends the next 365 days in this shack with a weird old man and his parrot until he wakes up again on Halloween one year. Is he wearing his mask during this time? Yes. He appears to... <laughs> Just be like lying motionless, almost as if he's inactive what during is, the off season. What's this old man like? Uh, is he? You know Frankenstein? Yeah. When that old man takes him in? Yeah, yeah. He's that. It's like that? Okay. Except he has a parrot. Right. <laughs> so that's what He sees the innocence in Michael Myers and just wants to nurse him back yes. to health. Yes. Oh, my God. I should also point out that uh, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, destroys what could have been a really interesting twist. Uh-huh. Remember in 4, I was telling you about uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's young daughter? Yeah. It, during that entire movie, she's wearing a clown costume. Yeah. It's very sweet. And then at the end of the movie, she goes to kill her mother uh-huh. with a pair of scissors. Yeah. And you remember right. when Michael Myers was six, he killed his sister. He was dressed like a clown. The evil has been passed on. Right. Jamie Lloyd is the new pure evil. And it ends with Sam Loomis going like, no, no, and pointing a gun at this little girl as somebody wrenches the gun out of his hands to stop him. And the plan was to legitimately set up another sequel where Michael Myers is dead and Jamie Lloyd is the new shape of evil. That sounds awesome. Isn't that great? Also, I totally want to see Sam Lewis pointing a gun at a little girl. Oh, it's it's really good. Listen, Sam Loomis is a ridiculous character I and Donald Pleasance love- is way over the top. Yes, it's, Sam it's, he's really he's going like, "No! No!" like his voice is that all weird. That sounds great. It's wonderful. Sidebar, mm-hmm. I think uh, I would have really enjoyed seeing a female shape of evil. Yeah. Um, and famously, they used a William Shatner Captain Kirk mask mm-hmm. and just opened up the eye holes and painted it white for Michael. I think what they should do in the future is reboot Halloween. Okay. Female evil. Okay. They should use a Jamie Lee Curtis mask. Oh, that'd be sweet. You could also make a pretty scary one, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be kind of rad. That'd be, I'm, I'm not even fooling around. I know. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I guess anybody, if you take away all features, make it white or whatever, it's always going to be scary. Uh, I'd be lying if I, all right, I'm going to tell you something stupid. What? I just remember this. What? I had a theory, which is exactly what you said that you could just do like take away somebody's features. That'd yeah. be scary too. So I, I was like, who's a modern day person that would be like as well known as captain Kirk. And like, mm-hmm. well, we just made a mask out of their face. And I literally spent maybe like two hours yeah. trying to edit, uh, somebody into a Michael Myers style mask. Uh-huh. And that person was Michael Sarah. Oh, God. And it looked 
like shit. So I hit the red X you and I, I hit and I hit don't save. I think his little mouth is the problem. But the Michael Myers mask has a little mouth. I don't know. I picture Michael Sarah being like, hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't. Well, I got, nah. Yeah. I think it actually it, it just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> could it have been your craftsmanship? I hate to to propose that, but could your theory still hold true, but you just weren't able to execute it? Doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> so and and uh they start adding stuff on to Michael Myers in Halloween five. Yeah. They show that he has a tattoo on his wrist, but they don't explain what it is. There's also a guy wearing all black. Michael Myers got a tattoo? Yeah. I guess when he's in prison. And they try to suggest that it's been there the whole time. Okay. But they're not explaining what it is because now the series is getting like long in the tooth. Right. They need to start trying to inject yeah. new mythology into it, basically. Yeah. They you know, fail. Yeah. They don't do it. Right. <laughs> right. So anyway, then we jump to Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, where we now learn that that tattoo is the symbol of the Cult of Thorn. Oh, right. Yep. Uh, a Celtic cult. Uh-huh. That is a different Celtic cult from the Celtic cult from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, <laughs> even though you could have just said it was the same one and found some excuse to legitimize that weird one. That's weird. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, S- Paul Rudd is in it. Right. Michael Myers is going after a baby, which is said <laughs> to be the new thing that's going to turn evil. Uh-huh. Uh, Wouldn't he, he want to nurture that? I feel like that he should make that his baby. No, because I think he that, loves that would evil. mean that like, he would be over. Oh, okay. You know, so be one, maybe. I gotcha. Uh, and then Sam Loomis is contacted by the Cult of Thorn, and they task him with becoming Michael's protector oh he spent all these years trying to stop michael now he's in charge of the cult of thorn and he is to keep michael safe to enable his killings hell yeah yeah Yeah. that sounds great yep uh and now we enter the fourth universe Mm -hmm. because essentially right after halloween six scream came out right and everyone went whoa horror can be good yeah yeah (laughs) let's make a good halloween i'll take it so this timeline michael myers killed his sister when he was six years old uh, he tried to kill Jamie Lee Curtis, who is his sister. So mm-hmm. Halloween 2 happens. Then nothing ever happened. Right. No Halloween 3, 4, 5, or 6. We pick up Jamie Lee Curtis is uh, the headmistress of uh, uh, an upper classy private school. Mm-hmm. Her son is 17 years old, played by Josh Hartnett. Introducing Josh Hartnett, I should say. That's just right. like how Halloween 1 introduced Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother, Janet Lee, has a cameo, which is very scream because Janet Lee yes. uh, played Marion from Psycho. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a very horror lineage reference. Yep. should also point out that Sam Loomis, the name, comes from Psycho as mm-hmm. well. There's a lot of blood there. And she has her Psycho car with her. That's right, and they play a little bit of the Psycho score. Yeah, it's cute. Uh, Michael Myers basically has not been seen for 20 years. Why is he suddenly coming back? Jamie Lee Curtis fears that every year that he's going to come back, and then she realizes, I was 17, my son just turned 17, Michael Myers is probably going to come back, and she's right. Yep. Uh, So uh, uh, Michael uh, hijacks a car and drives across town. Yeah. And, and you know goes to the school and wreaks havoc goes nuts basically goes hog wild kills yeah. a bunch of people and it's, it's very, fully sweet it is sweet it's kind yeah. of classical halloween to yeah mm-hmm. uh, no john carpenter yep and now everybody is dismissing this movie as not good i i think it's so good there are parts of it that aren't good obviously sure. but like it's the score gl- is bad 
Because it's just the I don't screen remember. Score. Oh, yeah, really that's right. distracting. Yeah, that's true. Jamie Lee Curtis slash Laurie Strode, her whole plot line, everything in it is great. It's great. It's great. great. That's the main great. thing. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, she makes that movie. Big um, time. She's tortured. She sees visions of him and basically has to get herself to snap out of it. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, alcoholic mm-hmm. and, and like really trying to bury her misery. Um, and then she finally faces yeah. uh, Michael Myers very intentionally. She gets her kid out to safety. She smashes the gate lock so it closes behind her, smashes an in case of emergency thing to grab an axe, and then goes walking back into the school screaming yeah. for Michael as the as the camera pans up and as the, the score swells. And it's amazing. It's sweet as hell. Some of the best filmmaking in the entire franchise mm-hmm. happens in the last half hour of that movie. Oh yeah, it's great. I she love gets, it. They get the best of each other frequently. There's a prolonged chase scene that's very exciting in mm-hmm. that movie. And eventually uh, Lori just flat out gets him. She's stabbing him in the chest with several knives. Yeah. Uh, and he falls off a balcony thing again. But Ice, no, LL Cool uh, yeah, J yeah. stops her mm-hmm. from delivering the killing blow. Right. All the police show up, paramedics show up. She steals one of their guns hijacks the uh, ambulance van that they loaded Michael Myers' corpse in. Yeah, in and like, bag. it's awesome because she's supposed to be safe, basically. They're like, okay, it's all over now. And she's like, uh, nope, no, nope. it's not over. Yeah. You're not going to stop me. And she essentially uh, drives away with Michael Myers' you know, quote-unquote right. corpse. Uh, he, of course, wakes up out of the body bag um, and she slams on the brakes. He flies out of the windshield. Just smart thinking. It's very smart thinking. And then he's lying on the gravel and she's parked in the car and she's going, get up, Michael. Because she knows up. he's going to. She's like, just do it. And he sits up. Yeah, that crazy Michael Myers, like, 90-degree angle, just like, boom. She drives into him. They drive over the side of the road. The van tumbles over and over and over again, pinning Michael uh, against a tree. Uh, Lori is thrown clear with an axe. She goes over to Michael Myers, and he does something that I <laughs> I really like that they never did in any other movie. Yeah. He tries to, like, trick her. Mm-hmm. He um he acts like he's coming too, because he's been pinned against the side of this tree. He's obviously a supernatural right. monster. He survived that somehow. Yeah, and he he clutches at his head like, what is going on? What what's happening? Like he's remembering, like, oh, I have my mask on and yeah. stuff. And then he sees her and he starts reaching out for her. Yeah. And now she has spent the last twenty years fearing this man, mm-hmm. hating him, but it's her brother. Right. And she's got all this conflicted feelings like is she like him like what is going on and she starts to reach out for him and then thinks better of it mm-hmm. and brings the axe down chopping his head off yeah it is sweet his head rolls around on the ground comes to a stop <laughs> and then now we hear Lori strode mm-hmm. breathing heavy uh and just kind of looking triumphant yeah. as the original theme score kicks on and we cut to black yeah, it is a great ending. Could not be better. Yep. Could not be better unless they didn't make the next movie, Halloween Resurrection. Right. <laughs> Halloween H2 was su- such a success, they got to work on the next one. Jamie Lee Curtis found out while they were making H2O that there was a clause in the contract, you cannot kill Michael Myers. You're not allowed to. It's crazy. So on the set of H2O, they already planned that in the sequel, we'll explain how this uh, keeps Michael alive. Right. And so Halloween H2O is kind of untouched. Except in Resurrection, if you consider it canon, yeah, uh, Michael Myers switched bodies with someone, switched suits with a paramedic, and so she chopped a paramedic's head off. Right. Halloween so Resurrection dumb. opens with Laurie Strode in an insane asylum, not taking her medication. 
mm-hmm. she is completely destroyed. All of the the like the heroic taking back her yeah she her took back life, her power yeah, yeah in the last movie is thrown out the window. She's waiting for Michael. He does eventually show up. She's got a booby trap on the roof. Uh, he manages to get the better of her for real yeah. this time. He drags her off the side of the roof, stabs her in the back. She kisses him. Yeah. And says, see you in hell and dies. It's so weird. It's so just like cheesy horror movie ish. And it's also just so disconnected from the rest of it. Like just doesn't make sense. Like how she's acting doesn't make sense. It is truly terrible. Yeah. yeah. The rest of the movie is about a found footage TV show, reality show put on by Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks. What is it like? Entertainment? Dangertainment. Dangertainment. He hires college kids to spend a night in the Michael Myers house to figure out what made him a serial killer. They seemingly get hired the day of. Yeah. It's a quick production tournament. And then they go in and there are plot lines about how fresh the basil is. Oh my God. Dill, William. Dill. Dill. And there are fake body parts all over the place. Buster Rhymes dresses up like Michael Myers at one point. And then real Michael Myers sneaks up behind him. And Buster turns around and thinks it's someone else. He starts (laughs) yelling at him. He karate kicks him out a window. He says, uh, they, they set him on fire. They set Michael Myers on fire again. They did that in Halloween too. Right. And I guess it works. Uh, I don't know. And so he's dead. And Buster Rhymes goes, you look a little chicken fried. <laughs> and then uh, he's talking to reporters. And the entire time, he's been greedy, Buster Rhymes. Yes. And wanting to get like all this press for Dangertainment. And mm-hmm. now all these uh, these press people are swarming around. And he goes, Michael Myers isn't a story. He's not a sound bite. Don't, con- you know, don't bastardize this. Don't corrupt this. Yeah. And he says this line. He goes, Michael Myers is a shark in baggy overalls. What? And they're not even overalls. Does he say coveralls? Probably. I kind of think he says over. Yeah, now, now you got to question sure. myself, but I kind of think he says overalls. I could see. It's the kind of movie where they would say overalls, and you're like, but those aren't overalls. Listen, it's terrible. It's so it's bad. It's truly one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't enjoy watching it's it. so bad. Uh, so they threw all that out of the window. Welcome to the, uh, to the next parallel universe. And I'm sorry, but it gets worse. Um, welcome to Rob Zombie's world. The worst. Yes. Welcome to my nightmare. Rob Zombie. I don't think I'm going to like no, it. No, I don't like it. Uh, I want to get in my Dragula and get away. Uh, Mike, uh, Michael Myers killed his sister, but he also killed his uh, disgusting, vile, redneck godfather. And everything's disgusting. And a school bully who is absolutely <laughs> disgusting to him. And then he's in an insane asylum and he kills people who are really nice to him in really brutal, hardcore ways. I don't even remember these movies. I remember it very vividly. Barely. I like blocked them. I remember literally wanting to leave the second one and you were like, no, we're already in it. Yo, I really hate them. It's there's some of the there's some of my my most hated movies of all time. Yeah. I really can't stand the Rob Zombie movies. Yeah. Uh it's just like if if somebody could be saying something, hey, why don't we have them say it uh absolutely disgusting? Right. And and let's make everything really sexual in a way that makes you want to peel your skin off. How about you just feel gross all the time and like you need a shower mm-hmm. 100% of the time? Yeah. Uh Michael Myers is giant and lumbering. He wears the the Captain Kirk mask as a little boy. And so it's too big remember. on his body. And it looks stupid. Yeah. Then he hides it in the floorboard. So when he comes back as an adult, it's all aged and cracked and stuff. Uh-huh. And that kind of looks cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a good idea. I'll give you that. Uh, Sam Loomis is really annoying. And Michael Myers seemingly kills him at the end. Yeah. Uh, Laurie Strode is so obnoxious. She 
is like jabbing her finger in the hole of a bagel to embarrass her mom at one point. Oh God! Oh, it's terrible. It's really horrible. Yeah. Um, and I and I hate it, and I really hate that movie. Have you seen them since like we saw them in the movies? Of course I have. Oh God. He fights a guy named Actually, Joe Actually, I think I think you and I did. I I think I remember rewatching the first one with you at home. Yeah. yeah the way he gets his coveralls is that uh, he goes to a Joe Grizzly, and Joe Grizzly is on the toilet. Like, like of course he is of course why and of course he's looking at porn and of course everything is, is sexual Grizzly. and awful and then uh michael myers kills him on the toilet mm-hmm. but not before joe grizzly goes do you have any idea who i am i'm joe grizzly oh my god but they got a real laugh about that on set michael myers and it makes it real fun to watch yeah michael myers mother uh is uh oh, she strips yeah. at a strip joint and they play the song love hurts because he can't go trick-or-treating yeah. Question mark. Uh, his stepdad makes fun of baby Laurie Strode for crying. Mm-hmm. She's literally less than one year old. And he's going, all that baby does is cry. Wah, wah. And you're just like, get me out of this movie. That's like 10 minutes in. Yeah. It's 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 one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and then it's topped by uh, Halloween H2, mm-hmm. uh, which Rob Zombie made a couple years later, where now Laurie Strode seems to have some sort of a psychic connection to Michael Myers. Right. Uh, uh, and then she sees a white horse everywhere. Right. Like a, a vision, which now knowing what I know is just a ripoff of Twin Peaks. Right. Which is kind of a weird thing to directly lift a really specific piece of imagery and just use it. Uh, I, I think Michael Myers talks in the I remember movie. it was during a white horse part where I leaned over to him and I was like, this movie really sucks. Like, let's go. It's terrible. That first one ends with her shooting him point blank in the face. Uh-huh. And then she gets splattered with blood and she's just sh- shrieking. Ugh. And you're like, oh, it's so just unpleasant. Caustic. Yeah. So the sequel. Caustic is a good word for it's, that. It's like yeah. battery acid. Yeah. I can't yeah. stand it. The second one, Michael Myers' mask is all blown apart so you can see his face and he's got like. You know, Rob, he looks like Rob Zombie. God, I so literally big, don't remember this. And long, scraggly hair, and so you can see his face through the mask. Uh-huh. Huh. Ah, it's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. And they kind of, I think, imply that Laurie Strode is the new shape of evil at the end of that movie, I think, because she's in an insane asylum. Uh-huh. They copy the psycho shot of Norman Bates looking at the camera. Oh. And you just wish it would be over. And yeah. And finally it is. Uh, uh, and that brings us God. to the, the final and most recent timeline Mm -hmm. michael myers killed his sister as a six-year-old yeah 15 years later he stalked laurie strode right 40 years later here we are with the new movie Mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna spoil the new movie now okay well didn't you want to wait till after you're right so let's do that uh i'm gonna say one thing in summation then and then we'll talk about the new movie okay you can you can avoid it if you if you need yeah i think we should do that uh all of these timelines, and I'm trying to figure out if I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought I was, uh-huh. and now I'm really questioning it. Because looking back over all these Halloween movies, I'm like, man, I think I like less of these than I Well, you realized. can just be a mega fan of the first one and kind of all the imagery around it and the lore around it. Like That's how I feel about it, because I haven't yeah. seen half of these, and but I definitely consider myself a fan. That's exactly where I ended up. Uh, all these timelines and the best one mm-hmm. is where Halloween yeah. 1 happened. It just is Halloween it's 1. just Halloween totally. 1. I'm not typically that person. I typically am game for crazy sequels, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the movie likes to uh, have its cake and eat it too. Michael Myers is just a guy, mm-hmm. but he's also the shape of evil. Right. Uh, there's not many places you can go with that, and I think all the sequels prove that. There's right. not really anywhere to go. Right. Uh, so uh, the thing that I advocate is the first one. And yeah. I even have close friends who insist that I'm wrong about that. 
But I like that first one. Yeah, I do too. And I think I, I don't like many more. I will say uh, I read an interesting theory. Uh, I love shared, Halloween each 2 Oh, you're right. Okay. You're right. Maybe that's the timeline for me. Yeah. Then. Halloween 1, yeah. 2, H2O. H2O. That's probably my favorite one. Yeah. The one that I respect the most mm-hmm. is probably just the first one. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, the podcast Halloweenies, which you and I are yes. big fans of, Angelique yep. shared them with us. Yep. Uh, they shared a very interesting fan theory out there that pulls Halloween 3 into the story. Mm-hmm. It's basically uh, that movie is all about turning people into robots. Michael Myers is an unkillable evil. Right. The theory goes after Halloween 1 and 2, Michael Myers dies, and then Halloween happens. They show you that you can make uh, absolutely realistic-looking robots. Therefore, Michael Myers, for the rest of the movies, is a robot. Maybe that's the deal. Also in Halloween 6, when they like bludgeon him in the face and stuff, when he bleeds, it's like this orangey goo. Mm-hmm. Which is what the robots bleed in Halloween 3. Oh. Even more support. Oh, that's perfect. Isn't that perfect? Yeah, that lines up beautifully. Go then. ahead and just like work with that in your minds, everybody. Way yeah. better. Way, way, way better. Huh. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, let's say goodbye. Yes. Just for people who don't want to have the new Halloween spoiled, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the new Halloween. Right. Uh, so thank you all so much for listening to Guide mm-hmm. to the Unknown. Yeah. Um, you can follow us online everywhere. We're at GTTU Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that you are paying attention to the thing that is out right now. Yep. That you should uh, hopefully be enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow us online individually if you'd like to talk to us. Yep. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at Will Rogers 2000. Please also consider backing us on Patreon. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Patreon.com slash GTTU Pod mm-hmm. or look up Guide to the Unknown in the Patreon app. Mm-hmm. Uh, share us, review us on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Um, Comment on threads of people asking for scary podcast suggestions. Shout out Guides the Unknown. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And happy Halloween. This is yeah. our last episode before the uh, the day itself. That's right. Have an awesome time. Yes. Good sowing to you. Good sowing. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who want to avoid the spoilers, mm-hmm. we'll see you next yeah. time. See you next time. Back to the other world going. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So here we go. All right, Halloween guys. Halloween 2018 spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. It has been 40 years Mm -hmm. since Michael Myers killed five people in Haddonfield, Illinois. Laurie Strode being uh, one of the potential victims who managed to escape. Right. Uh, They have no connection. They're not brother and sister. Right. Uh, There's uh, two podcasters who are trying to tell the true crime story of Michael Myers and, and, you know, in an objective way, Mm -hmm. explain how this event unfolded. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, They bring the original mask. That they got from the DA? Yeah, as a friend of the DA's... Or no, the, the, it was the DA or the AG, Attorney General? No, it's DA, DA. Yeah. They bring the original mask to the asylum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Myers' doctor, Dr. Sartan, mm-hmm. uh, goes like, yeah, of course, feel free to tell him all this, you know, yes. loony stuff. Poke him as much as possible. They do everything they can in this movie to say that Michael Myers is just a man. Yeah. And then they pull the mask but, from the bag and everyone goes nuts. Weirdly, I don't even get its point of view on him, honestly. I'm not sure. The movie's point of view on I'm him. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Michael Myers uh, escapes. Right. Bunch of question marks as to how. It's heavily implied that the doctor enabled all of this to happen. Right. He studied under Sam Loomis, and he uh, is kind of jealous that Sam Loomis got to see Michael Myers mm-hmm. in the field. Yeah. Which I that I enjoy. I do too. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So Dr. Sartan uh, is enabling Michael Myers going mm-hmm. home because he wants to see what the shape is capable of. That's right. Throws on a little eyeliner in the process. Um, he he's, not, he's not wearing it in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. In the middle, he is. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, meanwhile... Uh, over these past 40 years has been absolutely tortured. Uh, at, at one point, she had a daughter played by... 
Judy Greer. Judy Greer. Uh, Judy Greer was taken from Laurie Strode when she was just 12 years old because Laurie Strode became sort of like a doomsday prepper in a yeah. weird way. But the doomsday she's waiting for is Michael Myers. When you phrase it that way, that sounds sweet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There are some <laughs> things that like conceptually work yeah. and then in execution I was – I don't know. Yeah. So uh, uh, basically, Laurie Strode has rigged up her house full of booby traps. There's a secret bunker. And she was teaching her 12-year-old daughter how to fire rifles and shotguns to Mm -hmm. prep for the day that this murderous madman comes back to them. Right. So her daughter gets taken away. But Judy Greer grows up, has a daughter of her own. Mm -hmm. And Jamie Lee Curtis and her granddaughter seemingly have a much better relationship. Michael uh, uh, gets out and confusingly... I think the movie wants us to think that he's going to face off with Laurie Strode. He doesn't seem to care. No, because in this universe, he doesn't really know who the hell Laurie Strode is. She's just one of those rando teenagers who he attacked 40 years ago. She's not meaningful to him. She's one of many to him. He's the only one to her. So it's almost like uh, when you find out that like the the person that you've been thinking of Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I bet they have a crush on me too. Yeah. Doesn't think about you at all. No, you're irrelevant. She spent the last 40 years obsessing about him and he's just like, hey, man, I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to kill whoever I want. Sure, who I come across. So that's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, she's but an ant in the afterbirth. Oh, my God. I will say, uh, the way that I feel about Halloween 2018 is thusly. I've had some time to think about it. I still plan to see it a second time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've seen it twice. Yes. Um, Michael Myers himself, I think, is solid. Mm -hmm. I think that that entire movie takes place in a version of reality where everyone is nuts (laughs) and Michael Myers is like... Almost the most easily understandable thing. <laughs> I guess so, because he just is what he is. He just is what he is. And then there are people that are scheming yeah. all around him and hitting him with a car and then being like, we'll see him in the field. I've been preparing for him for 40 years. You shouldn't be preparing for him. He's fine. We'll never. Don't worry about it. And Michael Myers is just like, listen, I just want to do my thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's like. He's walking from A to B, and everyone else is doing this intense right, so ballet all around him. They're zigging and zagging him over to C and D. To the point that it's I found distracting. There's like it's <laughs> so overcomplicated. Yeah. And then the central guy is like, I'm just gonna do the same thing I always do. Right. And honestly, I think that Michael Myers is the best part of that new movie. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, like the parts that are good have to do with Michael Myers. Like everything that I like in it has to do with him or things around him. Like yes. I was so stoked for Jamie Lee Curtis slash Laurie Strode and then so disappointed by her storyline and arc and whole deal. I didn't understand. I, I, I felt like I, I felt, I felt like I was being unfair, but I, I know I wasn't. No, I I was sitting in the theater with my arms folded the majority of the time. Yeah. Something wasn't clicking for me. No, it didn't feel right. It I, never felt right. Yeah. It didn't feel like a good movie. Right. Like it didn't feel cohesive. You know, you can have that sense when you're watching something. Or at least I feel like I can sometimes where I'm just like, oh, this is like a good thing. Like they know what they're doing. There are themes that I'm getting. The music's right. Everything's good. I'm like, this is like a quality thing. Yeah. Even before we got really into it where there's a lot of plot stuff, I was like, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Something felt off from the first frame yeah. for me. And honestly, I think what I, I, I think some of it is like, there's a lot of comedy in the movie. Humor, humor is super subjective. Yes. If you like that sense of humor, you probably had a good time throughout. Mm-hmm. If you don't like that sense of humor and I did not feel myself connecting to it, I had a very hard time, uh, uh, getting attached to anybody. Yeah. Um, 
but I think more so than anything is the fact that uh, I sense there was something troubled with the production. Definitely. I mean, for just from things that, you know, we've both read like about the behind the scenes stuff, it's it has a cobbled together feel a little bit, like just tonal irregular, ir- irregularities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That come from like rewrites yeah. and reshoots and things like that. You can feel it in there. And actually right. on my second viewing of it, like the first time we watched it, I'm obviously like paying attention, but... I want to know what's happening. Like I'm paying attention to the plot. The second time I watched it, because I knew what was happening, like I knew what the plot was going to be. I guess I was a little bit more tuned into the dialogue. And there, I wish I could remember examples of it, but there are things that people say to each other that like don't match up. It's almost like somebody asks a question and somebody answers like with an answer that kind of addresses that question, but it's just like a little off. Like they were actually asked a different question. Like it just feels wrong. I think if they release an extended cut or a director's Mm -hmm. cut, I'd be very curious to see it because I might be more on board. I feel like a lot of things are cut. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Reworked. Because there'd be things that would make sense if there were a scene that did this. Right. That it makes you think that that scene was probably just missing. Right. And so as a result, I spent the majority of the time we were watching people who are not Michael Myers going, What's going on? <laughs> and then finally we'd get back to Michael Myers and I'd be like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then we'd spend more time with the characters. I'd be like, I have no idea what's happening. Right. right. Uh, right. And so as a result, uh, I found myself uh, uh, faced uh, with the realization that the thing I've been waiting for. I know. For like a year that everyone had been saying is like the original movie just isn't. <laughs> and like, honestly, if I knew it wasn't going to be like the original movie, maybe I would have been better prepared. Mm-hmm. But all signs pointed to we're making a sequel to just the original. It's going to be like the original. And it looked great. The trailer looked great. I was hyped. My favorite parts of the movie were released early and I saw them. Right. Yeah. Basically. Like when we're leaving the movie, I was like, all I need is the trailer. The trailer gave me me the feeling that I want. The rest of the movie just kind of like crapped it out of me. So I should just watch the trailer. Yeah. There were things that I liked about it. Like, so as, as much as there is some violence that's obviously like really like extreme and crazy, it's surprising. There's like in some ways some restraint with the violence that I actually, if not restraint, almost creativity, I guess I should say with the violence, like the things that I liked with Michael Myers um, were things like them, like the podcaster being inside asking where the bathroom is. And you can see in the background, if you're paying attention, they don't make a big deal of it at all. But like in the window behind her, you can see him in his white outfit from the institution. Like you can tell he's punching something basically, but they don't, do anything. They don't zoom in on or anything. It really is just that you could happen to see it and be like, oh God. Yeah. Or they'll show victims of him after he has gotten to them, which is kind of interesting rather yeah. than just like the total slash fest. You see the aftermath of it. I thought that was really cool. There's subtlety. It's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are other extremes where like you pop someone's head. Right. Like, exactly. Uh, like a pumpkin. And you're right. Like, Whoa, that's not the movie that you've been telling me it was. Right. Like, Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and also speaks to him being some sort of like supernatural being because he absolutely stomps ahead into total pulp. I'm sorry, it's disgusting, but it's true. It's true. Uh, and then like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is, ta- is talking about like he's just a person. 
And then she tells people like, you should believe in the boogeyman. And I'm like, well, which one of those? Well, again, so we were, which one of those is true? We were is texting man or is the boogeyman. We were texting about this and then I was paying attention to it on second watch and I still found it confusing, which again makes me think it's one of those things where there were rewrites and or shoots where things got muddled or whatever. Yeah. So what Will's talking about is this part in the beginning where the um, the podcasters visit with Laurie Strode and they're like, you say he's the boogeyman, whatever. And she's like, you don't believe in the boogeyman? And they're like, but he's just a man, Lori. He's been in prison. And it's not clear whether they think she thinks he is the a boogeyman monster, right and they're like no Lori, like ground yourself he's a real man it's still confusing i was hoping to come back to me like oh so here's the deal with that scene yeah i don't know yeah i i i, I don't know something yeah. something something went wrong yeah either in the editing or in the writing or something in the buttermilk ain't clean as everybody Pager seems Park says. happy with it but i think something went wrong yeah um, i don't know well anyway who knows who knows yeah um but either way here's what happens to michael right uh Michael is a pawn mm-hmm. in a weird way. The doctor, oh, yeah, totally. the doctor let him loose uh, because the doctor wants to know what it's like to be Michael, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, and so the doctor. Oh, and he finds out. He does. Uh, Dr. Sartan kills the sheriff with a knife uh, and then. Oh, with a scalpel. With a scalpel. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, puts Michael's mask on. After caressing it on his his prone body, because like the so the sheriff is in the car with the doctor and Lori's granddaughter. They see Michael walking about and they hit him, which I actually did find exciting. I was like, oh man, what's gonna happen with yeah, this? Yeah. Like when they hit him with the car, I was like, shit, they hit Michael Myers Something's with the happened. car. I wonder uh-huh. what's gonna happen. So he's down actually for a while, and <laughs> Sartan gets out. He's like, don't kill him, don't kill him, and then kills the sheriff. Touches the mask on Michael's face for a while. Then it switches to the perspective of Lori's granddaughter in the car. And then this was even off shooting wise. Like even just the way the scene looked. I don't know what you call it. I don't know any technical stuff, but it seemed like a short scene from a crappier movie. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like an older, like it's this weird thing where he gets up and it's like a little wibbly, the camera. Like it's scary. Like, like from saw or something oh, like that. Scared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like Saw, actually, I think about it. He stands up wearing the mask. So it's him in his, like, normal clothes or whatever, wearing the mask. The neck of the mask, because he didn't put it on totally, or it's, like, propped up on his, like, furry collar or something. It's, like, out a little Bowing bit. Bowing out. It is so weird. I wish I could have seen my face in the movie theater when that happened. I my, I know my eyes popped open. I was like, whoa. I'm not going to lie. When I, when I saw that, I was like... Listen, if we're going to go here, go here. Right. Have him kill everyone for the rest of the movie. Well, that's what I was hoping. I was like, oh, my God. Is Michael Myers actually dead, or at least for the time being right, dead? Right, Because I figured there'd be sequels and everything. I was like, is Dr. Sartan now going to go nuts? I was He's like, be the final all right, this is where we He's are. ready for it. And then okay. four seconds later, he takes the mask off. Of yeah, him, I was like, what the And hell? it's back on Michael's He just wanted face. the feel for it. I bet that mask smelled awful. Yeah, a lot of – and then he just drives Michael to Lori's house and they yeah. have a chase scene through her jigsaw lair. Right. There aren't booby traps, though, Will. She just has um, things that come down. There's only one booby trap. Anyway, uh, her hidden bunker thing, they knock Michael Myers down mm-hmm. there, and then she has a button that makes spikes shoot out yeah. to keep him trapped in there. Then they set him on fire while they're still in the house with him. And just so, well, not just that. They set him on fire and everything. They they pump gas because this thing has like gas leaky things in there or whatever on purpose. They pump a 
ton of gas from like multiple sources into that chamber. That floor is rickety as hell. Like they, she made this bunker, but then like when they're all down there, they can see up through the like sparse yeah. wooden slats. I was like, this bunker is kind of, there's Bonk. a, there's a, yeah, <laughs> there's a big weakness up there. So it's like full of gas and they drop like a cartoon like dynamite stick down there and stand there and watch. I was like, I think you babies better book it because I think this is supposed to explode. And TV shows usually if somebody like lights a lighter in a room that has some gas in it, the whole thing explodes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're yes. I was like, move, but also it just moved for them in the movie. But I was like, this is so stupid. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then we don't see what happens to him. No, they just go in a pickup truck. And so he's alive for sure. Yeah. So is he a human or is he the boogeyman? The, you know what? Maybe the same way I couldn't find the answer from the podcasting people talking to Laurie Strode because it was in yeah. construable. Yeah. I guess we still don't know. I guess we still don't know. Uh, maybe I can find out in this bad boy. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> the novelization of the new movie. Yeah. Uh, which I, I guess. Awesome. Um, I would totally read that. I know Angelique's going to read this. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of excited for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, oh, what? oh! I just opened to a sex scene. What? Yeah. No thanks. Ew. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, again, I feel like the best part of the movie is Michael Myers, and then just everything mm-hmm. around him is is impossible to understand. Yeah. Um, you know, like in a really good movie, where the more you think about it, you realize like even more and <laughs> oh, more yeah. details. I feel like the more I think about Halloween 2018, I start to go like, and this is weird. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that was weird. And that was weird. Yeah, we've been texting each other for the last like four days. And you're like, wait, and, and blah, this. blah, blah, when that happened. That was weird. And this, and that, yeah. and that. It just turned out to not be the movie I was expecting. No, that's the thing. So I didn't like it, but I had a less hard time with it than Will. Will was like bereft when we left. Will was very upset. And I thought it was going to be a good, solid movie. Like same with Will. I watched the trailer. We both were like, okay, this is going to be like, a straight up like quality movie. Right. Then very early in, I was like, all right, it's been, cl- it's been made clear to me. This is not a quality movie. I think I better switch to just thinking of this as just another Halloween sequel and see what I can do with that. And it still was stinky, but I wasn't as upset because I had somehow quickly changed my expectation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just didn't really know how to make heads or tails of it. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this. My Masks final or thought, coveralls. My final thought on the matter. Uh-huh. Michael Myers is unknowable. Mm-hmm. But here's what I do get from him. Okay. The original Halloween movie. Bad guy. Set in, in uh, a, a chain of events uh, off. Mm-hmm. Uh, creating copycats all over the place. Jason Voorhees, uh, Freddy Krueger, Ghostface. Right. Um, countless slashers mm-hmm. copied off of Halloween. And... Uh, I thank the original movie for that because I love slasher movies. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like, regardless of how I feel about the new movie, it's going to happen again. Michael Myers is going to bring a new world of slashers to us. This movie was so surprisingly successful. Yeah. uh, There is, without a doubt, uh, numerous uh, companies that Mm -hmm. are cobbling together. How are we going to do one? Yeah, but I also, like, people are saying that, but I feel like you're kind of forgetting It, like the movie It that came out last year. Yeah. Like, I feel like that already kicked off that wave. This just sort of reinfor- reinforces it. I view them as different kinds of movies, though. They are, but I'm talking about, like, as far as, like, oh, horror is very lucrative. No, like, I horror's think, always been lucrative. No, but as far as, like, current day box office, big companies making... I don't know if I call this prestige horror, but, like, making, like, we're making horror movies and putting our money there. I feel like It was a big 
thing for that last year. And I think that this is just kind of like, yep, still a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything new there. I agree with you. But uh, I, I think slashers are still kind of a different animal a little bit. That's a good point. Um, so uh, I know that right now, um, what's his name? Who played Freddy Krueger? Oh, um, what the hell's his name? Robert England. Robert England is mm-hmm. talking about how he would be willing to do one more. Yes. And uh, LeBron James wants to I know. a new Friday the 13th. I movie. know. I saw that. That's strange, but okay. Yeah. Uh, season three of Scream I've heard is coming LeBron soon, James... that was filmed like a, five years ago. Yeah. I've heard LeBron James is an interesting dude. I, I don't know a lot about him, but he has like more money than God. And yeah. I think he puts it behind projects that you would be surprised cool. about. I, like that. I know. I mean, I'm, I, uh, just last week, somebody was saying something about him and I was like, oh, I should kind of look up Le- LeBron James. Yeah. Maybe I'll crush yeah. it. Who yeah. knows? But uh, either way, the slashers are back upon us. I mean, I love slashers. Yep. So and great. We, all, uh, we can point to uh, this boy with the mm-hmm. darkest, blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. As the cause. Uh, so there you have it. Thank Michael, you, Michael Myers. Yeah. The shape. The shape of evil. That's right. All right, dudes. We've We're going to go make a shape in our beds. We're going to sleep now. How about that? (laughs) Take that. Everybody go to sleep. Fall asleep now. Uh, Careful about nightmares. Thank you all so much uh, for hanging out with us, especially if you've come all the way to the end for the spoilery side. Yeah. Uh, Hope you had a good time. Hope you Mm -hmm. have a happy Halloween. That's right. Have a good time. Yeah. Watch something good. Maybe watch. um, I'm going to watch. I don't know if I'll be watching it live or not. Uh, what's it called? Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Um, that show with Zach Bagans. He's gonna open the Dybbuk box live oh, during that. a special on Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I have my yeah. DVR set. I've never seen that show before. I've seen Demon House and loved it. Yeah. Largely ironically. All right. But because uh, he's just a whole lot. He's, he's wild. But um, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to it. So if you're an at home Halloween person, you might consider that. Maybe yeah. I'll like if I watch it live. Maybe I'll do some live stream every once in a while. Yeah. Whatever. But anyway, happy Halloween. Cool. And uh, yeah. check out the new series. Uh, it's out now, so please go uh, get the first two. Yep. Uh, I think that you'll have a really good time with that. Yeah. Um, and please tell people about it. I greatly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will see you next week uh, when Chris and I will know even more about what lurks in the shadows. <laughs> but until right. that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Bye, guys. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.